And it's like, I can see all these symbols wrapping around me and wrapping around her and like calling, it was like a siren call. It's like calling us to them on the beach and, and we're gyrating and it's like, we're in a trance. Welcome to My Orgasmic Life Podcast, a show that where we talk about sex, love, relationships, and kink. And of course, my favorite part, I share with you my very graphic, very juicy, and always entertaining orgasmic life. I'm Guy Morissette, your hostess, and your holistic sexual wellness specialist, your trauma healer, your BDSM expert, and of course, your pro dominatrix. Mm. <laughs> the show was inspired to inspire you to support your orgasmic living. Remember, always check the content warning before you listen and make sure you're listening where no one else can hear it because you never, ever know what I'm going to say because I always come with an explicit graphic content warning. <laughs> now, strap in and enjoy the show. Hello, I'm super excited. We're going to have a, a conversation about one of the most profound experiences that I've had in my life um, today. But before we get into our conversation of Guy in the Amazon jungle, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, today's episode is brought to you by our wonderful nail salon sponsor, Glam Muse. The safe, non-judgmental space where everybody deserves to be, feel beautiful, no matter your gender or your orientation. And these are my ladies who do my sexy nails and my adventures with nails. <laughs> so go check out GlamMuseBeautyBar.com. Okay, so... So you, if you've been a, you know, first of all, oh, second of all, thank you, audience. I love and adore you. You're amazing. Now I've done a lot of changes um, on in the show. We got sponsorship now. We got uh, intros. We got new graphics. We got outros. We got extended versions. Like there's a lot of stuff going on. So it would be really helpful because, again, I want you to have the best experience as the listener to, uh, you know, send me some feedback. Let me know. How are we doing? Do you, do you like the formats or certain things that I'm doing? The new things that I'm doing are like intense or too much or overwhelming or like awesome and tingly. What, what's going on? How, how are we doing? How are we doing? Okay. So I need, I want to hear from you. And you can let my little slutty assistant, Layla, um, send her an email to Layla at GaiaMorissette.com. And uh, yeah, okay. So here, let's get on to, into the episode. Oh, and also, I know I keep changing it. Tease you, change my mind. <laughs> Don't forget. Don't forget like, subscribe, and follow, and tell your friends. Okay, so today's episode is about me. You know, everybody's always like, they all seem to be like, ooh, I want to know more about, you know, Kaya. And so I'm going to tell you a, a, an adventure that I went on that's actually not about sex. What? I know, right? <laughs> a non-sex story about Kaya's life? This is exciting. <laughs> right? So in 2009, um, I ended up going to the Amazon jungle, the Amazon rainforest. So let's give a backstory before I get into, I mean, the jungle. Sit back, enjoy today's episode. So let's start off with, for a year before this, I was struggling. I was having some issues with my vagina. That's right. I know. <laughs> you, 
can't I can't tell a non-sexual story and at least not mention my vagina. <laughs> so anyways, so I was having some problems with my vagina and I was having, you know, blocked Bartlett ducts and the, you know, gynecologist and the doctors were like, they couldn't figure out how, what they needed to do. And it was, it was very uncomfortable and very painful. And I was very frustrated. And I was like, at this point I had gotten to all the specialists and done all the things and, and, you know, I was beside myself and, and I was finally at this point where I was like, I will do anything to fix my vagina, anything. And so I was talking to a girlfriend of mine and I'm like, I'll do, I was frustrated and I was crying and I was stressed out and I'm like, I'll do anything. I'll like climb a mountain, go see a shaman, rub yak poop all over me, whatever it takes, whatever it takes to get, fix my vagina. I will do it. I don't care how crazy it is. So two weeks later, another girlfriend comes to me and she's like, she's like, I'm going to the Amazon jungle to go do ayahuasca. I'm like, wow, I guess I'm going to the Amazon jungle. <laughs> I did say I could do anything. So, and, at the, and it was so funny because at that moment, um, you know, I owned a pottery and drumming teaching studio and, you know, this was before I started doing the work that I end up becoming, the person I ended up becoming because of this adventure, actually. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, we're going to the Amazon. So I do all the things so they get myself ready for the Amazon and I go and do some, you know, I hadn't been out in nature in a while. So I did like a camping trip by myself and, you know, having to be in the wilderness and all the stuff. So I do, you know, because if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. So I, you know, need to prep myself, train, do all the things. So I'm terrified, absolutely terrified because my girlfriend who I'm meeting, I'm meeting her there because I couldn't, I was finishing up teaching camp and uh, kids camp. That's right. I used to teach kids camp. It was called camp. Pottery <laughs> and drumming and drama camp. And so I was finishing up teaching camp so I couldn't get away at the same time. And so she went earlier, she went a week earlier than me. And so now I have to travel to Peru by myself. It's a huge adventure. I've only ever been on a plane once before this um, experience. And I'm like, here we go. And so just before I'm like gonna leave my house to go for this epic adventure, another girlfriend of mine, she hands me this book. And I don't realize how much I'm going to need this book. <laughs> called feel the fear and do it anyways transformational book highly recommend it it is like uh on my must read list okay so which is so appropriate so i'm in the airport do the things i gotta transfer you know like so you gotta fly to lima peru then i'm stuck in the airport for an overnight then I take a tiny little puddle jumper plane into Iquitos, which then um, I met in this tiny little airport in Iquitos, which is in the Amazon jungle. It's like the last place before you, there's no civilization. And so it's not real, it's, 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 it's uh, quite the adventure. <laughs> not a city really it's more like a it's kind of like a, a kind of a jungle village <laughs> and um i met by my friend and she meets me at the airport and she's like she's all excited because she's been there for a week and you know she's been she, she was a world traveler so you know traveling for her was no big deal and she's like okay we got to get into the tuk tuk I'm like, what the hell is a tuk-tuk? She's like, you'll see. <laughs> so I come out of this airport, which isn't really an airport. If you've ever been to like small jungle airports, they're not really airports. 
Um, anyway, so I come out of this airport and there's a motorcycle. So there is like a rickshaw looking like a gladiator cart <laughs> attached to a motorbike. <laughs> and this is called a tuk-tuk. And that's what everybody drives in Iquitos is a tuk-tuk, which is kind of fun to say. And the reason why it's called a tuk-tuk is because the motorcycle, which is everything is diesel, by the way, um, goes tuk 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 <laughs> So that's why it's called a tuk-tuk. So we get into the tuk-tuk. And all you can smell is like, again, there's like diesel fuel in your face, exhaust in your face because you're attached to this thing. So she's like, here, you might want this. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. So she gives me a bandana to put over my face. And off we go. And I, we go to a wet market and I saw a lot of things and I was like, oh my God, this is intense. And, uh, and the smell was horrible. And then off we go into the Amazon jungle with the little tuk 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 <laughs> And we are off in the jungle and we're off on this like back roading to the, into the jungle where there's no roads, it's just like a path. But that part of the jungle is all beach sand so it's like we're driving through like dunes and the tuk-tuk keeps trying to fall over and we have to get out and we have to push the tuk-tuk and we have to, you know until we finally get to the retreat center which is not really like when you say center like you really think of a center where there's like buildings and like it's it's more like there are some buildings and there's, but there's more huts and then there's less huts that just basically have roofs and not really don't have walls. So there's different variations of this at the center. So we get to the place, finally get to the place and um, I'm going to meet with the shaman the next day. And again, uh, no one, no one on the staff speaks English. They all speak um, you know, Shipibo or a version of Spanish. And I don't speak any of those language, but luckily the girlfriend I was with speaks Spanish. So yay, <laughs> yay for her, <laughs> yay for me. <laughs> so, but the first thing you have to do when you're doing ayahuasca, um, by the way, so ayahuasca, if you, if you don't know anything about ayahuasca, so ayahuasca, I'll give you some stories of about the Shipibo and the plant medicine and stuff for a second. So ayahuasca is seen as the, the mother of all master plants. And so each master plant, the belief system of the Shipibo people um, is that each master plant is basically the ruler of their own domain and their own kingdom. And they have different properties, different healing properties, different teachings, different philosophies, different ideologies, like each master plant basically has its own kingdom and has its own personalities and its own stuff. But ayahuasca is the mother of all of the master plants. She's like the big hoo-ha. <laughs> And ayahuasca is made up of two, the ayahuasca plant or medicine that people consume is made up of two different plants from the jungle. And it's, a, it's quite an adventure and I will get into that later. <laughs> right. So the other thing about ayahuasca and all of the master plants and the Shipibo belief system is that it's a, you have to be on a very strict, it's called a dieta, basically diet. 
of no sugar, no salt, no uh, sex, no alcohol, no caffeine. No, like there's a whole list of things that you sh not supposed to be on so that you have no toxins in your system and the world's, uh, the dimensions, the veil between become thinner. So it's easier to move through those worlds as well as um, it just, your body will react uh, counter react to some of the plants. Okay. So that's why all of that is so, it's so, so important. So they say to do, do your dieta, like, you know, a week before you do ayahuasca or three days before you do ayahuasca so that your body, whole body is like able to receive it fully and completely. Now, if you've done ayahuasca ceremonies in North America, they've streamlined it and done things differently. But the Shipibo tribe—that's how it—that's how they roll. Okay. Now, because most Westerners and people don't actually follow the dieta or really understand how apps. Oh, by the way, there's no sex involved allowed either. Um, so before most Westerners don't really understand the importance of how dangerous can be if you have any of these substances, these foods, these things in your system as the counterpoint to whatever you know, plant medicine that you are dieting with. Um, so they give you this thing, this horrible thing. So I'm taken into the shaman's tent, hut, not a tent, the hut. And his apprentice hands me this horrible looking, smelling concoction that he scoops out of this, you know, really old, rusty, <laughs> you know, pot <laughs> over and over flame. But there's me and somebody else that's new there. And so what happens is everybody, everybody knows what's going to happen except for the newbies, right? So um, everybody who's at the center kind of shows up for the each day, whatever plant medicine they happen to master plant that they happen to be um, dieting with. Um, they show up for their dose, but they also show up at this time to make wagers on who's going to vomit quicker and more violently. So I'm given this concoction, I'm told to drink it. And I'm just like, oh my God, it's so awful. And, and then they hand me a bucket. I'm like, what's the bucket part? They're like, for you to vomit. I'm like, I didn't draw, I didn't come all the way to the jungle to puke my brains out. Apparently that's what happens. <laughs> so I'm like, no way am I letting all these people watch me vomit. So I like take five, maybe, maybe 10 steps. And next thing you know, I am hurling my brains out and I'm like, I'm sitting on the jungle floor with this bucket, puking my brain. And I'm yelling at my girlfriend and I'm like, this wasn't in the brochure. This wasn't in the brochure. I hate you. Why didn't you tell me? This is not in the brochure. Because the Shipibo tribe believes the more you purge, the healthier you are. So that was, I fast forward. I missed a really important part. So before we do the whole like vomiting, give me the horrible drink situation in the, the shaman's um, hut, um, I'm being walked through this jungle path and like walking into the jungle. And there's this like little, like, I, th I think <laughs> they're meditation spots because they're beautiful. They're like a thatch roof. And then they have this little spot that you can sit like this little stand that you, you know, wooden, wooden platform that you can sit on. And I'm like, Oh, I, this is awesome. And so of course, my girlfriend doesn't tell me what this really is. She's with me and our guide, who, by the way, is carrying a rifle. <laughs> I'm like, so I'm like, oh, this is a nice meditation spot. And then it takes me to the next one. And they take me to the next one. And so all of a sudden, I think I've gone to four of these places in like 
deep in the jungle. And I'm like, oh, this is a nice tour. And finally she says, so which one do you want to be where you stay? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I saw perfectly good rooms, buildings that had like windows and walls and a door and up two flights of stairs. She's like, yeah, we're not staying at those. She's like, I have one of these down the way uh, in the jungle. Uh, this is where we bo I booked you. <laughs> She's like, they make it a little bit nicer. I said, oh, that's good. Like they build walls. Like, are they going to put some walls up for me? She's like, no. What they do though, is they bring you a mattress and a, you know, a mattress that goes on this platform. And then they, you know, build you some mosquito netting that goes around your, your bed. That's raised off, uh, I would say maybe four feet off the ground. Um, mosquito netting, maybe four or five feet off the ground. Now I have four feet off the ground. And, uh, and then they give you a hammock and uh, they give you a candle. <laughs> they give you a couple candles. I'm like, oh, so it's luxurious. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you'll get used to it. <laughs> I'm just like, holy fuck. So now I'm sitting in each one and I'm like, well, you know what? If I'm going to be in the middle of the jungle with no walls, um, I said, where's your hut slash not really hut? More like your umbrella. Where's your umbrella? She's like, over by the river. I'm like, all right. So I go, you know, the one before hers and the one after hers. And I decide that, you know, I sit in the one before hers and I was like, it felt right. It felt good. It was like, oh, this is the spot. <laughs> if I'm going to live in an under, in the Amazon jungle, the place other than probably Australia, where there are more things in a square foot radius that can kill you without any walls, this was the spot that it was going to be. <laughs> I might end up dying. <laughs> had a pretty view, had a wonderful tree right next to the babbling brook. I'm like, all right, so if I'm going to die, this is a pretty place to die. So fast forward, hot, vomiting, me yelling, this wasn't in the fucking brochure. And then um, in some ways, I'm kind of grateful. I think that uh, all I could do was puke my internals out um, all night long because then I didn't really care if I died <laughs> jungle I was kind of welcoming it actually <laughs> and it made my first night sleeping in my umbrella <laughs> okay <laughs> so the next day I go see the shaman and uh, the shaman, you know, looks at me and says a bunch of things. I don't understand any of it. And he decides that the master plant that I need to work with to help heal my body, heal my soul, heal all the things that are off and wounded and broken in me is called boa waska. That's the master plant. So I'm using boa waska and if you see, so if everybody who is can is watching this episode, um, I wear. You always see me wearing when I'm working um, this beaded, beautiful, handcrafted beaded um, bracelet. And this bracelet, uh, the shapes are that that this bracelet represents is boawaska and a shipibo. Uh, elder, she made this bracelet for me. And so it's, uh, and so every time I work, it helps me connect to the magic of the Amazon and the teachings that I learned from Boawaska. Okay, so where am I? Oh, yes. So we go see the, go see the shaman. He does this thing. Then I am on Boawaska. So 
the thing about going to the Amazon jungle and going to uh, the to do ayahuasca and to go to the center where I was, um, no one really tells you anything. Even though the girlfriend of mine could speak Spanish, no one really tells you anything. It's kind of like, it's a very experiential learning experience. <laughs> so they don't tell you that you're going to have hallucinations when you're on, I was on Boahuasca. I didn't do, I only did an ayahuasca one night, but every night there was a ceremony, um, an ayahuasca ceremony. And so everybody in the compound could actually come to that ceremony. And some people would do ayahuasca um, um, and some people would just be there for the ceremony part. And uh, for the, I went to ceremonies and I didn't do ayahuasca. I only did ayahuasca once and I'll talk about that in a minute. So they don't tell you that boahuasca also has hallucinogenic and uh, properties. So <laughs> So first morning after taking a, a boahuasca. Oh, by the way, it also makes you vomit. <laughs> kind of like anytime somebody hands you anything in the jungle, that's it, the, the Shibibo tribe anyways, uh, be prepared. It's probably most likely going to make you puke. <laughs> Just a FYI. So... Um, First morning in your waking state, I start getting visions. Boahuasca starts talking to me and Boahuasca is giving me visions and, and starting to teach me things. And so I'm getting these incredible visions about what's going on and what lessons I need to learn. And they're like vivid and uh, intense. And so um, this was pretty much every day I was getting new lessons from Boahuasca. The other thing about Boahuasca is she's quite, she, she identifies as female and very feminine and is very playful. It's kind of like, has kind of like a frolicky nature to her, which is perfect for me. Um, and so she really liked when I would sing. So I would make up little songs about everything and it made her really happy and she would give me more teachings. And so now I'm like, again, like, I'm like, I basically have like this frolicky fairy like being that's with me all the time um, while I'm in the jungle. And there's lots of other things going on in the compound and adventuring and these kinds of things. But, you know, that's the that, you know, that's what's going on for me on my own in my own journey, my deep, deep transformational journey that's happening. And of course, I'm feeling reading the feel the fear, do it anyways. And, you know, there's this really funny story about that, which I, I think I should share. I think I should share. Oh, in the extended version, I'm going to talk about meeting the alien um, praying mantis. Okay, that's what I'm going to talk about in the extended version. <laughs> All right. So yeah, just hanging out. Uh, we, you know, in the jungle, there it's hot. There's no uh, our water goes out for a couple of days. There's a little bit of water in a pool, so we are like all spending time in this tiny little pool. Um, there was a little bit of a river that you would go and spend time in, but again, like you're in the Amazon jungle, so like. It's kind of, you know, where like snakes and everything else is in the little bit of the river. So, you know, you kind of kind of be like, it's not really relaxing, so to speak. You're, you're like on guard to make sure that, you know, and the, the compound is called the anaconda <laughs> because there's anacondas. <laughs> so, yeah, you're like, there's big holes in the side of the river and you're like, oh no, what's in that? <laughs> so. Uh, like I said, there's no place on earth other than probably, you know, like I said, Australia, where there's more things that kill you. 
so I'm transformed, like I'm transforming and I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm letting go of stuff and I'm healing and I'm like all this and magical shit's happening and like all this stuff's like going on for me. And, um, you know, we go on an adventure and we find, you know, Rastafarian uh, sex magic dudes in the jungle. Me and my girlfriend, we go off compound. This is when I learned that uh, when you take salt out of your diet, you actually are, take away your ability to have any kind of like energetic protection around you whatsoever. Because the veil is like, there is no veil this, that I didn't realize. This is when I learned that basically salt is a key ingredient to having your energetic protection apart around you and being able to do that. So I didn't know that. I, I, like I said, I learned a lot of things. So this is a, a really, really important moment that changes everything that sends me, sets me on the path to really being a high, well, it sets me on the path to being a high priestess of divine sexual magic and elemental magics. Um, it sets me on the path to uh, doing the work I do as a sexual holistic sexual wellness specialist and all the realms of, that I work as a healer, all that stuff. This is the, this is the crucial moments that this happens. This is the event in my life that happens. So we go off compound because there's a lagoon and we, like I said, there's been no water on the compound and it's hot. It's super hot and stinky and sweaty and gross and all things. So I'm like, all right, let's go. So we get in a little tuck tuck and off we go to the lagoon. And so we're, and I've, I didn't bring my drum and, and I always had, you know, like I didn't realize how important it was to have my travel drum, which I now have a travel drum that goes with me everywhere I travel. It fits in my suitcase. <laughs> so less clothes, more drums. <laughs> That's why I go to hot places. So anyways, I, um, I'm, I had been craving drumming. And so we're in the lagoon, which basically is like bath water because it's so hot in the jungle and it's hot. And so it's not refreshing at all. But anyways, we're in the lagoon and there's these Rastafarian sex magic dudes that are like drumming. And now remember, part of being on the dieta is not having sex. And there's a whole bunch of reasons because most people don't have healthy relationships with sex and they use sex as a coping strategy and like all these things, not the say, not the sacred primal sex magic um, energy that I work with and carry and all the things. So, so like, like I'm not supposed to have sex. I haven't had sex. I'm not whacking off. I, and, and yet, by the way, the Amazon has the most incredible life force sex energy on the fucking planet. Everything is breathing and pulsating and like everything is like, oh my God, it's like life and death and orgasms. And like the whole jungle is like, <sighs> you can feel it breathing. And I'm not allowed to have orgasms and sex. Jesus Christ, it's horrible. <laughs> Although I learned a whole bunch of other things through this process. So there's these sex magic dudes and they're drumming. And now remember, we've, I, we've both been, you know, my girlfriend has been dieting with ayahuasca. That's what she's been dating with every day. And I've been on Boawaska every day. And we have no salt in our diet. So we have no protective energetic shields and, you know, none of the things. And so the, the veils between worlds are, you know, uh, had come down and we are on, you know, basically hallucinogenic plant medicine. So they're drumming. And they're drumming and I start, my whole body starts weaving back and forth and back and forth. And everybody who can watch me, I'm, I'm going into the trance, I'm showing what's happening. So my whole body, I'm undulating like a snake, right? My whole body's undulating. And 
And it's like, I can see all these symbols wrapping around me and wrapping around her and like calling, it was like a siren call. It's like calling us to them on the beach and and we're gyrating and it's like we're in a trance is what it felt like felt like i was completely in this like crazy trance and i couldn't help but follow where it was taking me not to mention i really wanted to drum <laughs> and the thing about my girlfriend is everywhere we traveled she always found rastafarians no matter where we were even in the amazon jungle so I'm not surprised that we found Rastafarian sex magic dudes in the middle of the Amazon jungle. So anyway, so they're calling us over. So basically with the drums and the magic that they're wielding. And so we come over and, you know, now she's like, you know, one of the guys are like weaving, like hair weaving into her hair feathers and jewels and shells and stuff which is like weaving in magic into her and I'm trying to put this protective bubble up around her because I can see that he's like wielding all this magic that we haven't talked about because well we don't speak the same language and I'm like trying to bubble her up and bubble myself up and it fizzles and it bubbles I try to bubble and it fizzles and I try to bubble and it fizzles and I'm like oh fuck this is no good <laughs> I'm like shit like this right i'm gonna end up having an orgy with these sex magic rastafarians in the amazon jungle without necessarily not that that would be a bad thing but not with consent or any of the things because i'm in this trance like state so i start drumming i convince them that i can drum they're like you're a girl you can't drum and i'm like i am a drum teacher i can drum so they hand me one of the hand drums. And um, so I start drumming. And what happens is I start to go into, I'm being shown this vision of my destiny. And I'm like, oh my God. And so I'm being taken on this journey um, as I'm drumming, I'm taking on this journey to being like in Africa and, um, you know, just before, and that there's a gateway to all of the sex magic in the universe. And there's, I'm standing on the cusp of, of the gateway and the doorway that I'm about ready to open. And just, as I'm, and of course now, while this is happening, every cell of my being is vibrating with ecstasy and wanting to have an orgasm. I know I said earlier on that the story wasn't going to be about sex, <laughs> but it's kind of about sex, not really about sex, but anyways, it's about my adventure. It's how I became me. So my whole body is like aching and vibrating and throbbing and every part of me wants to explode. But remember, I'm not allowed to have sex because that's going against the dieta and I need to follow the dieta for my safety and everybody's safety and all things. That's the rule. So I got to follow the rules. And I, and I'm about ready to go into this vision that's going to change my life. And all of a sudden the drum bites me doesn't actually physically bite me, but I, my whole hand is black and blue and bruised. And I'd only been playing the drum for like five minutes. And I used to drum for hours and hours and hours every day, hand drumming. So there's no reason that I should have had a bruise that big on my hand. And it was like the universe's way of saying, okay, we're going to give you your destiny and your vision of your destiny, but you can't have it with the, you know, Rastafarian sex magic dudes. It's not for them. It's only for you. So you got to go. So I have this pain. So it, it, the pain in my hand takes, knocks me out of the trance and knocks me out of the, the experience so that I can be like, all right, we got to go. And she's like, oh, we're fine. I'm like, we got to go. I just grab her and she's like, no, I'm grabbing her and I'm dragging her out of the lagoon and we're waiting on the side of the road for our tuk tuk to show up not really a road path 
and our tech tech shows up and there's one of the guys from um uh the compound that's in it who is like super sexy and i had a crush on and i'm like oh my god i gotta sit next to this dude i'm like you gotta sit next to him so she sits next to him i'm writhing i'm writhing and i'm like my whole body is vibrating and it hurts like i want to have an orgasm so bad and my whole being is like i've never felt so horny and so roused and so filled with lust that i think i'm gonna implode i think i'm going to die if i don't i really in that moment i'm like crying and writhing and it's uncomfortable and i feel like i'm gonna die if i don't have an orgasm it was intense we finally get to the compound i go to my little hut my umbrella my my home my new home under my umbrella and i'm in the bed in my mosquito netting and I'm writhing and I'm crying and I'm writhing and I'm crying and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm gonna die. And I can't like, what's going on? And then the tree, this beautiful, remember I'm in under, uh, you know, I'm taking hallucinogenics by the way, okay, as I'm telling the story. So all the things that are like, there's no way that that possibly happened. It did happen while I was in my state of being under in Boasca, okay? So the tree outside of my umbrella reaches down, picks me up, cradles me in its hand and says, you're safe now, you can have the rest of your vision. Meanwhile, I'm actually technically still laying in the bed, by the way, okay? So this is what's going on. And so now it takes me in, the tree takes me into the rest of my vision. And I am shown why I'm here. What is my destiny? The purpose of my being in this lifetime is to be the high priestess of divine sexual magic and elemental magics. And so I shows me me opening up the gateway to all the life force sexual energy in the universe it flooding through me, it going out of me, it going into the world, helping people heal, helping people change, inspiring the world to awaken, make new choices, all the things. And then all of that energy comes back to me, comes through me and goes back into the earth. And it's this continual cycle, this continual cycling of, of my being. And the tree says, this is your destiny, but you need to train in order to be able to hold that level of sexual energy and elemental magics. So I'm like, okay. So I spend the next year training and I'll talk about that on another episode. So let's go back. So now, so now, and, and the tree's like, you can have an orgasm. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. And I come and I cry and I come and I cry and I cry and I cry and I come. And I realize that it's not the denial of, it's like the difference. This is where I'm taught in the jungle that sex has different frequencies. Arousal has different frequencies. And your relationship and how you dance with those different frequencies makes the difference between harnessing utilizing and embodying the frequency that is uh or that frequency can be toxic and uh unhealthy for you depending on how you're utilizing and how you're moving with it so that's when i learned so the everybody at that point now i'm like the universe like okay so now that you're understanding this you can have you can have orgasms and you can you know, start moving with this new sex energy and start dealing, learning how to work with it and be in the Amazon jungle where it's the source, the source of creation, life, energy, force, less energy, one of the sources of it on this earth. And so you can, you can feel it, you can breathe it, you can be it. Let's show you what this is. This is, this is the beginning of your training, basically. So I start that process. Now, Fast forward, 
actually, I think there might need to be a bunch of podcasts. This is a long adventure. <laughs> a lot of things happen. Uh, so let's go back to Boawaska. Uh, what's a fun story? Oh, so this starts my destiny. Let's talk about the book. So I've been reading the book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyways, in my hammock, and, and you know, I'm feeling all good. And so not only do I learn about my destiny, but I also learn and heal my relationship with fear in a new way. And I understand, I start to learn that fear is about our perception and, um, and it, you know, and our perception of safety is also something else. So I'm laying in the, I'm, I'm laying in my bed with mosquito netting on and the whole floor of the jungle starts moving. And I think I'm in day, this is about day five of being in the jungle. And I was there, I think it was 11 days, might've been 12. And, um, and so the whole jungle floor is moving. And this is what I say to myself, oh, Good thing I'm in my mosquito netting, so I'm safe. <laughs> like, I truly felt safe in my mosquito netting. Meanwhile, five days earlier, the idea of not having walls and that walls were what kept me safe. Um, it's funny how our perception of safety changes radically uh, very easily. So anyways, what was moving on the floor was a giant wasp dragging a that he just killed a giant tarantula. And that giant, and so it's dragging it through the jungle. And I'm like, oh, it's so good. I'm safe. I'm safe in my mosquito net. I'm pretty sure this giant wasp the size of my head could probably, um, you know, get through this mosquito net if it wanted to. But I was like, I was completely convinced I was safe behind my mosquito netting. Then I will share the last story I'm going to share about this. And there's, I think there's going to be some other episodes around this because there's a bunch of other, I forgot all the things that happened in that, that on that trip. So the second thing around fear was, so I finished the book and I'm all proud of myself. And I'm like, I got this. And that really the source of fear is that the belief we can't handle it. I finished the book. I'm like, I believe I can handle anything. So therefore, there's nothing for me to be afraid of. And there's a difference between the perceived fear and something's actually trying to kill me. <laughs> Something trying to kill me, that's legitimate fear-based stuff. My perception of being failing or not being liked or abandoned, all that shit's not actual fear. That's just a perception. And a distorted perception of that, right? But true fear is like, am I going to live? Am I going to die? And if I do, I can handle it. And that's really what the fear is. So I go up to the compound and we go at the, you know, at where we're in the kitchen, where we're having dinner that night, and that, you know, day. And, and I'm all like, all proud of myself and I'm all pumped. And I'm like, yeah, I can handle anything. I am fearless because like you know i've been in the jungle now for days and i believe this is about day seven or so day seven day eight around that time and i'm like oh yeah i got this i totally got this so everybody other than my girlfriend and i and two other people that were in the compound who were also staying in umbrellas everybody else was staying on the compound pussies um with walls <laughs> so they didn't have to walk into the jungle at night by themselves with a headlight and uh, no electricity at their um you know umbrella but i was all happy and content and i'm like i got this so everybody's like, well, make sure, you know, Bob, you know, found a, you know, tarantula in his, underneath his mosquito netting and they managed to crawl in there. So make sure you check for that before you go to bed. And uh, so, so it's like, oh, somebody saw an anaconda over by the area where you, you guys are staying. 
So make sure you're paying attention to that. And somebody else is like, oh, and somebody cited, uh, you know, this Ursula or Ursula cat, which is like a smaller, anyways, it's a predatory cat, big one. I'm like, you fuckers. <laughs> I'm like, now I got to walk into the jungle by myself. You assholes. But I'm like, I got this no matter what. I can handle it. I read the book. I got this. I'm so happy. I'm like, yeah, I can do this. So one of the things that I learned about the relationship with me in the jungle was I sang songs, especially at night when I was walking into the jungle and I had my little headlamp. And if I sang and made lots of noise, all the critters knew I was coming and they could all get out of the way and we didn't have to scare the crap out of each other and we didn't have to have incidents. And so this was how, so I would go into the jungle and I would sing little songs like, all right, animals, here I come. Everybody go where you need to go. <laughs> Make up these little ridiculous songs. And I'd stomp my feet really loud so the vibrations so all the animals could hear. So no animals were startled because um, the biggest... <laughs> The biggest thing of getting bitten or attacked is because animals come from a place of fear and feel threatened. So if they know that they're coming, most animals go the other direction. So I get to my hut and I'm like, all right, there was no any incidents and I'm all like, great. And, you know, and what do I find but a giant tarantula on my mosquito netting? Now, is this a real tarantula? I don't know. Remember, I'm on hallucinogenics. <laughs> okay, so I can only tell you from my perception of the experience of how I perceived it going down, right? So I'm like, oh, all right, Mr. Tarantula. I'm like, I need you to get off mosquito netting so I can go to bed. I know, and so I'm negotiating, negotiating with the spider. I'm like, all right. This is your domain. I get it. Thanks for letting me share the space with you. You've been a good roommate. Can I just get past you? And so I pick up a stick and I'm trying to get the, you know, the giant tarantula off the mosquito netting. And as I do this, it's getting more aggressive. It's getting more agitated. And I'm like, okay, worst case scenario, it bites me. Oh, I bet you that'll really hurt. Um, I can handle that. I've been in pain before. I can handle that. And so as I'm like, so then it jumps off the mosquito netting and now it's starting to chase after me and I'm running. I'm like, I can handle anything. I can handle anything. My heart's racing. <laughs> Being chased by a spider, a giant, angry tarantula. And I'm like, I can handle anything. And I stop. I stop. And I swear to God, that, smile, that spider smiled at me. I stopped and I'm like, if it bites me, it'll hurt. Uh, there's people here that can deal with poison. Um, all right. And worst case scenario is I die. Well, I'm dead. It doesn't really matter. So I, I can handle it. And I stop. And the spider like then stops, turns around, walks out into the jungle. I'm like, whew, all right. I did it. I did it. I'm so proud of myself. So I crawl into bed. I have a whole bunch of dreams. In the dreams, I'm like having all sorts of night terrors and conquering all sorts of death challenges and relationship challenges and all sorts of things are happening. And I'm constantly stopping in the middle of my dreams in the fear state that's in the dream to be like, oh, whatever. If I die, I can handle that. And then it would wake me up. So one of the times I wake up, I hear lots of rustling in the jungle behind and around. And I'm like, oh God, it's the cat. It's the wild cat. It's going to come kill me. And I'm like, all right, worst case scenario, my heart's racing. Worst case scenario is that, all right, it bites me. That probably hurts, but I've been in pain before. And well, it manages to rip out my throat. Well, then I'm dead. And well, doesn't matter. I'm already dead. So nothing I can do about it. So I can handle it. And then I'd fall back to sleep. And then I have all sorts of crazy dreams and I can handle it. And then I'd wake up. And so then the last time I woke up, 
the whole jungle floor was moving and there was this like shadow that was moving um, on the jungle floor. And as the shadow is moving, it looks like a giant snake. And it's really, I, I suspect most likely it was just the uh, the moon, it was a full moon and the moonlight moving through the trees, but whatever, you know, again, I'm on hallucinogenics. So. <laughs> For me, it was the giant anaconda coming to kill me. So I'm like, again, heart rate, it's the thing, the end of the world, I'm going to die, I'm terrified. And I like, I just went through the scenario. Okay, well, there's guys with guns. If I yell, they'll, you know, it'll wrap around me. I bet you that'll really hurt. I'll be smothered to death and, you know, you know, squeezed to death. And, you know, they'll either get to me and save me and I'll be able to handle it. Or, you know, I'll basically be squeezed to death and crushed and then eaten and I'll be dead. So it won't really matter. So I can handle it. And again, once I really got to that place of it didn't really, I was, the end result was me dying there's nothing I can do about it. So I might as well, I can handle it. So it would settle my whole nervous system. And I was like, ah, and then I passed back up. So that morning I go, I go to the, to the kitchen and uh, I'm like, I'm like, you know what? Last night was rough but I now believe I can handle anything. (laughs) And the reality is, is that that those two things, those two significant experiences that happened at the Amazon jungle, there's a bunch of other stories that happened at the Amazon jungle. And one of them I'll share in the, um, about meeting the, the alien, um, praying mantis in the in the extended version but the two things the biggest two things that have changed my world my life who I am those were the two incidences one about fear and knowing that I can handle anything even death I can handle death changed how I move in the world And so when you hear crazy stories about me or like, you know, me sharing them and you, you, you're like, wow, she's so brave and she's so courageous and she's so fearless. It's because, because of that, because of the reality is, is that at the end of the day, no matter what it is, I can handle it because I'm still alive. So I've managed it well to this point because I'm still alive. And most things in my normal, everyday, living in Ontario, Canada existence is not life or death. Um, you know, making, reaching out to that stranger and uh, isn't going to kill me. It may, it, it, first it might feel like it, fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of success, fear of all that kind of shit. But really that's not fear. Fear is genuinely, so I can remind myself, is this trying to eat me? chase me or kill me. No, then we need to course correct accordingly. We need to rewire what's going on in our brain. We, we need to reset our nervous system to not be responding and fight fear, fear, fight. (laughs) I'm having a brain fart talking about this. Fight, flight, freeze. Um, response because I'm actually not. And I just remind myself, is this trying, am I, is something chasing me? Something trying to kill me? Is something going to eat me? And that's been a huge game changer in how I move in the world and how I take risks and how I show up and all those kind of things. So again, I'm going to recommend feel the fear and do it anyways. I read it the first time in the jungle. I've read it three more times. Each time I read this book, I pick something new out. So it's a really great book to overcoming and changing your relationship with fear. I also highly recommend a trip to the, you know, one of the most dangerous places in the world so that you can like overcome. (laughs) But I'm all about extreme personal growth. (laughs) 
bigger come. That's kind of my my motto in life. Also, um, it set me on the path to be my destiny as a high priestess of divine sexual magic and elemental magics and and to do the work I do in the world and to show up in the world as my magical self and my goddess self and and the healer and to inspire the world, all of those things, it showed me my destiny. And so I will never forget that trip. It's the most amazing experience. And I can't wait to go back to the Amazon. I, my, my desire, and I'm going to manifest it into reality because that's how I work, <laughs> is for my 50th, I want to go down the Amazon from one end in Peru all the way to the other end from one ocean to the other ocean. Um, and I want to travel and spend time and probably that trip would be like six months, six months on the Amazon river. That's, that's my ultimate, what I want to do while I'm 50. That's what I want to do for when I'm 50. So if you know anybody who, uh, you know, is a, is a research team researching parts of the Amazon on the Amazon River, you know, reach out to me, um, you know, because I would love to be on the research crew, collecting data, cooking, making sure no one kills each other. You know, these are skills that I have. <laughs> Crisis management. No, I got skills. I got skills. Um, make sure everybody's feeling good about the experience, communication, conflict resolution, all those things, which is important when you're in tight spaces with people. <laughs> so that's what I desire. I absolutely desire for my 50th to be on the Amazon River and go from one end to the other. So if you know anybody, you, if you're somebody who's like, oh, I got, I got hookups, please reach out to me at GaiaMorissette.com. Now, if you're like, wow, I want to learn more. I want to learn more about your magical self. So I have like a fantastic uh, mentorship course around magic, elemental magics. So you can go to my teachables and the show link will be, um, the link will be in the show notes of that particular course, as well as I teach sex magic mentorship sex magic as well. Um, so I'll give you a link to that course as well. And if you're like, I'm ready to overcome fear and conquer fear, then come reach out to me and I'm your girl. I'm your goddess. I'm your fear guardian, <laughs> your fear guide <laughs> to releasing fear. I have many, 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 many ways in which we can do that. So if you're like, I'm ready to conquer the world and I'm ready to conquer being, being afraid and wanting to become fearless, then reach out to me. You can go to the hub at guyamorissette.com. You can go through the, at the hub. You can go through, you know, we can conquer fear through BDSM. We can conquer your fear through, you know, a body work and healing. We can conquer your feel through um, my healing site. Like there's a lot of different ways that we can conquer your fear. Um, we can go skydiving together. There's lots of ways, lots of ways that we can from, from gentle to extreme, which is all like me from gentle to extreme. So thank you for listening. Remember for all of your beauty needs and your nail needs in the KW area, go to glammusebeautybar.com, who is wonderful, our wonderful sponsor for today's episode. And don't forget to subscribe, listen, and follow and tell your friends. And if you want to hear the extended version where I'm going to tell you the story about how I met the alien. Um, please subscribe to Patreon for as little as $5 a month. You can have all access to all the great extended version of episodes as well as bonus content. Have a juicy day. Till next time. Hmm. Well, I hope today's episode inspired you 
encouraged you, and of course, made you feel tingly inside. <laughs> I just want to take a moment to tell you how much I appreciate the time that you spend and how I really deeply appreciate you listening. I do it for you guys, the audience, and I love and adore you guys. So quick loving reminder, I am not available for naked pictures, getting married, having sex, or having anybody's babies. And when you want to spend more time with me in a professional capacity as your coach, your teacher, your educator, your facilitator, um, you can reach me at GaiaMorissette.com. That's the gateway to all things Gaia. Now, if you're like, oh, I really wonder what's in the extended version. <laughs> well, find out at Patreon. Come join my Patreon for not only the extended version of this episode, but also bonus content behind the scenes, all sorts of juicy, juicy stuff. I also lovingly invite you to follow me on Instagram, which the handle is my orgasmic life podcast, where you can leave feedback and comments. Also come join me on Facebook at my orgasmic life podcast, Facebook group. And I really want to hear from you. I want to know how this show affected you. Did you what did you learn? Was it inspirational? Did you agree? Do you disagree? Um, you know, I want I want to know because I'm a little bit of a voyeur. So I want to know what how am I affecting you? <laughs> so please, please, please come leave some comments. Now, if you're like but I don't want everybody to know what I'm thinking, which is okay. Sometimes we need privacy and we need to be anonymous. So you would like that option? We have that. You can email my slutty assistant, Layla at GaiaMorissette.com. Okay, listeners, until next time, may your life be filled with sexy exploration and orgasmic pleasure. Bye-bye.